0: Welcome to the Wanting It More podcast. I am your host, Janet denton and it's an absolute delight to have you here. I'm a marriage and intimacy educator, as well as a creator of the Wanting It More program, which has helped thousands of women who are married to men want and enjoy it more in the bedroom. You know, having low desire was something that I personally struggled with for years in my marriage. So I absolutely get it all. You are not alone. Just a heads up, I use all the words in this podcast. So if you've got little ears around or you're in public setting, you may wanna pop in some earbuds. I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome back to the Wanting It More podcast. I am Janet Denton-Howes and today I want to talk about getting help. Getting help specifically for your sex life, your desire, your low libido issues, whatever that looks like. I'm going to share quite a few stories from my own journey of figuring out how to find advice, how to trust advice, some of the lessons that I have learned that I want to share with you. And then also because I am somebody who gives advice now, things that I use to keep myself in check so that I am really creating a safe space for people to learn from. I watched a documentary last night, which I don't know if I would recommend it. It was definitely an interesting one if you are into those types of documentaries that cover like uh, cults and the dark side of life, then you may find this interesting. But definitely three quarters of the way through, my husband and I were just like, yeah, we've seen enough. We're ready to turn it off. But it's called Orgasm Inc. and it's on Netflix. And um, actually somebody on my team uh, told me to have a look at it. And interestingly enough, I have a connection with the uh, sort of philosophy that is covered that eventually became like a cult practice, essentially called One Taste. And they were teaching something called orgasmic meditation. And when I was doing coach training for myself, uh, if you don't know, I'm a marriage coach, that's my background. And you need to first start with life coaching and then you specialize. And the school that I went to was run by a therapist, actually, who had, you know, went down the coaching uh, path. And he had introduced this sort of orgasmic meditation thing, something that him and his wife had looked into and had practiced. And it felt really kind of weird and strange. But at that point, when I was doing my training, I still hadn't developed the framework that would eventually help me heal. And now that I teach to lots of other women. So I tried their technique which is essentially a woman laying down on her back with her legs spread open and her partner or whoever it, in their sort of thing, it was anybody, it was doing it to anybody, uh, would stroke this very specific part of the clitoris. And it, sometimes it would go to orgasm, but sometimes it was sort of an orgasm experience, kind of like the tantric model of orgasm, which is more about energy and full body things. And and it started out really about female empowerment. I mean, where do you have in culture that a whole thing is based around female orgasm and men giving women pleasure and really not taking anything in return? I mean, it sounded very empowering. And spoiler alert here, if you're going to listen to the documentary, it really got dark. I mean, it got so bad that it flipped. And now women were in experiences that were non-consensual, that did not have safety for them. Um, it, it It just got really bad. So that just, gosh, it really got me thinking about how we you know, are on this journey, on this path. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably interested in marriage, sex, desire, libido, whatnot. And you may have read a lot of books. You may have gone to sex coaching. You may have seen therapists. You may have counselors. You may be currently in a program. You may be considering mine. And uh, gosh, it's it's just really important to have a few things in mind as you navigate this. I mean, that's not even just the barriers of embarrassment and awkwardness and shame and all that that our culture places on getting good education. Uh, but then once you do put yourself out there, maybe do the Google search or listen to a podcast episode or something, and then then what do you do next? So um, let me just pause here, actually, and just do, because I do have some of that education available for you right now. It is timely so today is a Tuesday that you're listening to this podcast. Yesterday, I held one of my free classes. I run these three times a year, and they're really popular. And I do them live with a Q&A, and this is brand new content. I've never taught this uh, type of, uh, you know, in the free class, at least, certainly in my program, Wanting It More. But we have another one on Thursday, so uh, I'll put the registration links in the show notes. And so you can definitely sign up for that. Again, it is timely. If you are listening to this in the future, check out my website. Maybe I have something else up there. Maybe I have some videos. Check out Instagram. I've got a lot of Uh, stuff there as well. And another thing is that we are starting another round of my program, Wanting It More. And that starts on February 2nd and you can join until the 31st. That's the deadline. So from now until the 31st, that's open as well. And again, I'm going to put the link in the show notes for you to check out. I have tried my very best to create a page there that has all the information that really walks you through step-by-step my philosophy, what to expect, some common questions I get, common concerns I get, of course, um, as much as possible that I could put on there in written form so that you can make a decision for yourself. And that is so critical when looking for guidance and support moving forward. So back to how to know what advice to trust and follow of course always including mine as well. I really spent years experimenting this about this probably about 10 years very you know, I was on a real path. I was on a real mission to figure out this low desire thing that I was broken with, that I was struggling with. That this was causing such a upset in our relationship, so much fighting, so much turmoil. And I, I do have a very curious, investigative mind, and so I just jumped right in and really made it my mission. And unfortunately, my husband kind of came along for the ride. We will be talking about his journey next episode, so definitely check that one out. But uh, I, looking back, I can see a lot of gaps in how I approached listening to advice that I want to share with you. So Let me tell a few stories here. My first experience with this was going to a counselor. I believe we were about five years into marriage. It's hard to keep track of these things when it's, you know, we've been married for 22 years now. But I knew that sex had become such an issue for us. It was, we were great friends. We had lots of fun together. We got married very young. So we ended up, you know, bike ride around the city and we were super poor, but we just made it happen and had fun together. But sex, my gosh, like it was a real, real issue. So I found someone on the internet and it was a guy. Uh, I guess I, maybe I thought I didn't have the option of finding a woman. I don't know, but he was nearby. So we just walked to his office and he had sex listed in the areas of support so I got us there and he I left the experience with him it was very awkward and uncomfortable I'll just say it right out there his office was very tiny it just felt so I just I was not ready <laughs> to deal with the shame that I was coming into those conversations with But two things. First thing was taking a break from sex, which turned out to be really awesome, but I actually needed way longer than he had advised. And that's something that I definitely have taken into the work that I do with women. And the other one was learning how to masturbate. And I went ahead not questioning not asking for more clarification. Again, I was very embarrassed. It felt very awkward and I really didn't know my body very much. So that was a good suggestion. It's really important to know how your body is, but it never felt okay with me. And the problem was, I continued to do it even though it never felt okay. So I was really perpetuating that shame and kind of creating some mini trauma there for me as well. And you know, but I was the gold star student. I was following the expert. And the next experience I remember is talking to a counselor over the phone who had been referred to me by somebody else we were seeing for sort of more general marriage communication stuff. And I remember telling her that I wanted to chuck my vibrator across the room. So just a little backstory here. I wasn't able to have orgasms for the first about year of our relationship. And then through some self-discovery and whatnot, uh, discovered that vibrators on your clitters can really help the situation. And I started to use one. But I, for years and years, I felt so much much angst and anger and resentment towards this vibrator that allowed me to have experiences with my husband that I kind of like physically enjoyed but didn't feel emotionally spiritually or mentally satisfying. and unfortunately what happened is that she sort of pathologized that desire to throw it across the room and the focus then became about what was wrong with me why did I want to do that and how could I fix me so that I could keep the vibrator? Of course, I want to extend grace to all these professionals that work with me. I may—it may have just been that period of life where I was, and what I, you know, the the quick, uh, short time that we worked together. I mean, there's so many factors. I don't want to make it so black and white, but this was my experience. And really, I'm focusing on what what I didn't know what to do and all I knew to do was to trust the expert and honestly what I really wish I had done and what I tell myself to do now is to to chuck the vibrator see how it felt feels to put some pillows down and sit on your bed and just go for it and feel the sensations feel the relief feel the thoughts that came up journal about it write a letter to my vibrator I eventually ended up not using them anymore and of course that's no commentary on vibrators I think they're great. I mean it's just like brushing your teeth are you going to use an electric toothbrush or a manual one? Are you going to use a a coffee press or are you going to use a Keurig? I don't I don't drink coffee, but I, you know, is it going to be manual or electrical? It's just sort of neutral territory there, but I, you know, sort of the issue was that again I found myself just fully trusting that person, f- not listening to myself, and really seeing them as the expert in my own my own experience, my personal experience. Another experience we had, uh, this is the last story I'll tell you, is we went to a very expensive, very fancy sex therapist with all the PhDs and stuff. again, I found online, read all the reviews, and she was going to be the one. I was convinced this was it. I have figured it out. We're going to go there and it's going to just going to be great. And of course, that's unrealistic, right? Everyone that you get support from, advice from is going to be sort of one more step, one more stage in your journey. So I went there and I told her that I was experimenting with my husband lying down on the bed and pretending that he was asleep, not looking at me, not commenting, not reaching out to grab me, nothing, just laying calmly on the bed. And I would sort of climb on top of him, explore his body for my pleasure. I would you know, kiss him where I wanted to, explore whatever. And it was really working well for me. It felt good. Unfortunately, again it was sort of, you know, there was a lot of like, hmm, I wonder why you need that? What sort of trauma you've experienced that that would be, necess- you know, a necessity that that was abnormal and strange and weird and I remember her writing literally on a clipboard. It was such a classic therapist. I don't th- think that this is anymore, but this was a couple of years ago and writing on a clipboard and at the end of the session <laughs> literally saying um, God, there's, there's a lot more going on for you than I originally thought. And I, I left really thinking, oh, my, I'm really messed up here. Um, but what I later discovered is I was really on to something there. And it turned out that that was the first time that I was starting to understand what the critical role of safety played in my pleasure when he was laying down there not moving, not commenting, I was able to have space to explore, to think, to move, to do whatever in not a performative sense, not a giving sense, but actual curiosity, right? And without Worrying if he was going to touch me in a way that I didn't like or if I was going to have to dodge a hand or say no, uh, struggle to say no, not say no, and then regret not saying no. You know, you know what I mean here. So I after all of these experiences and now after specializing in this area for six years and, and seeing and listening and learning from hundreds of other women who have gone through this process as, as well, I really wish that I had given myself permission to listen to myself deeply, to, of course, okay, go to experts, go and learn something and get some advice, and then trust myself. What's wrong here? What feels good? What feels icky? And putting less emphasis on the outside Uh, expert opinion and more emphasis on trusting myself. So here is the main point. How do you know how to trust advice? How do you know which advice to trust? Does it come down to the person's education? Does it come down to the years they've been doing the work? Does it come down to the type of research that they have experimented with? I mean, there's so many outside measures that we look for of safety. And I'm not, I'm not saying don't look at those things. Those things can be a factor. What I'm saying is the most critical part is learning how to trust yourself. Because no amount of amazing research, or years studied, or letters behind your name, are going to give advice that you need with your specific unique uh, system, with your background, with with anything. So. Learning how to trust yourself. And even if you get to work one-on-one with somebody like I had had the opportunity to, even then, please, this is about trusting yourself. And this is why we dedicate a whole week to this in my program, Wanting It More, which is trusting your intuition because it also plays a huge part in knowing what you want, knowing what you need, knowing what the next step is, knowing uh, how to care for yourself after a sexual experience, knowing how to ease into an experience, how to transition, knowing how to communicate things, what do you need to communicate, and then of course also knowing which advice is going to be good for you, including my own. So now that I am in a position to give advice, you know, I do offer action steps, I teach paths, I have a framework, I need to make sure that as somebody who helps, you know, lots of women who women turn to for guidance, I have to keep these things in mind as well. The onus not is not just on you. The onus is on us as well. So here's how I do it. There's about four general areas that I do, and you may want to look for this in other people that you get guidance and support from as well. The first thing is consent first advice. So we have group coaching programs and wanting it more, which, you know, sometimes there can be 30 women there, 35 women there, and somebody raises their hand and asks a question or shares a story or just uses a time to process information out loud. Sometimes they want to ask the group something, right? There's a it's a lot of freedom in what somebody could do with that time. And if I am unclear about what somebody needs, I always ask them first, what would you like? How can I support you? Would you like to just share? Would you like validation from the group? Should we open it up to other suggestions? Do you want to hear that delicious Me Too reassurance that can just be, The most healing, actually, of all the amazing advice you can get that, me too, I've been there, I know what that feels, you're not alone. And to validate your experience can be just incredible. But it's so important for me to ask first, and this is what actually I teach the members of the community to do as well, uh, is to ask, what do you need in this space? I'm here to help you to that you are the knower of what you need. And if you don't know what you need, my job isn't to launch into telling you what you need. My job is to help you discover that yourself before I jump ahead. The second thing I do is intuition first advice. So I may have a suggestion in Wanting It More that's just part of the framework and I always wanna customize that to people's experiences. That's why I don't offer Wanting It More as a self-guided course. I used to and this is what I ran into and part of the beauty of the um, the combination of elements in Wanting It More is the ability to customize. So we're looking at how does this make you know, feel to you? What is your experience? What have you learned? Uh, What is your body telling you? Again, we spend a whole week on intuition. That's how important this piece is. The third thing I do is give space for another way. This is really difficult because I have obviously spent years researching, developing, learning, adjusting the framework that I teach and Wanting It More. The things that I teach are Really, been distilled down to some of the most critical steps, actions, principles that I believe are necessary for a healthy, happy, functioning, intimate life in a marriage, which brings nourishment and relaxation and connection is good for both men and women. Because I specialize in helping uh, heterosexual couples, married heterosexual couples. So, but I still need to provide space for another way. Um, it's not going to work if I just push someone to do something and they're not ready for it. They don't want it. It doesn't feel good. So sometimes this is difficult for me because I've spent so many years um, learning and seeing people's experiences. I see patterns. So one pattern, for example, in is in week six, I teach a form of Intimate connection called an exploration date, and I, I suggest that women do it once a week to start with, um, because there's a lot of learning that goes on, and uh, we're integrating all the previous week's knowledge into these experiences. And you know, if you rush it or try to cram too many in a week, it just doesn't work. But I will sometimes have women say we've decided to do two a week. Now I know from experience that often rarely, I don't even know if I've, maybe one or two out of hundreds of women, this has actually worked, especially in the beginning, when you're still working on boundaries, when you're still working on safety, when you're still working on communication, it's so tentative in those early days. And I know that women are faced with a tremendous amount of cultural conditioning that has them feel guilty if they're not doing it more, maybe they used to do it more, and now they're doing it less, you know, maybe they were. Uh, having sex three times a week, and now they're going down to one. But again, my program is called wanting it more. It's not called having it more. So the idea is that that we're building an experience that she is genuinely going to look forward to, and that is my ultimate goal. Um, and maybe she's you know experience, so she maybe she's experiencing internal pressure from cultural conditioning, or maybe she's experiencing external pressure from her husband. Whatever it is, if she genuinely decides that that's what she would like to try, I need to give space for another way. I need to let that happen and just guide her by asking questions and really being in that uh, coach role for her. The last thing I do is I really try to teach principles rather than actions. And when I do teach actions, because sometimes people need direct guidance, that's something I found, we always go back to the big picture. Why, why are you here? What do you want? I don't want you to want what Jenna wants. I want you to want what you want. So I'm going to help you discover that. And let's see when we zoom out if these action steps actually click. And usually they do. It's so easy to just get, you know, in the nitty gritty, for example, of, let me try to think something on the spot that I usually get questions around. Um like boundaries, you know, we, we really cover a lot of very clear, one would say very radical boundaries, because there's no way you can get into pleasure if you're not feeling safe. So sometimes women and men will get caught up in that, you know, and it's unfair, it's not 50-50, I'm getting the short end of the stick, sometimes guys will say that, and I wanna just always zoom out. Okay, why are we doing this? What's the point of this? this is the, the point is that everyone feels safe and comfortable all the time. That's the point. Is, or is everyone on an agreement? Is that what you want? Do you wanna feel safe and comfortable all the time? Do you want your partner? Yes, 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 okay. That is what this is about. So it's not just about Jana told me to do this, so I better do this thing. It's connecting it back to your desires and your wants in the first place, which I don't have an agenda around. I don't have an agenda about what you should want or what you shouldn't uh, want at all. So why advice in the first place? I mean, I've been talking a lot about trusting yourself, going within, deciding what you want, looking at the big picture. I used to do traditional coaching, uh, sort of traditional coaching. So if you're not familiar with how coaching works, um, it's actually an unregulated industry, uh, which I have found out counseling is as well. It's for very interesting how this whole therapy, counseling, coaching models work, but that there is a federation called the International uh, Coach Federation that sort of has become the, accreditation board, like the sort of self-governing body that the coaching world has um, used to create some form of structure and safety for education. So I went to an ICF accredited coaching school. And in that type of coaching, you do not teach. You are not offering frameworks. You are not telling somebody anything to do. The premise of it is that the individual knows that they have the answers within, within them. And it is up to a coach to ask powerful questions, to, to make observations, to have direct communication, to travel, establish trust and intimacy. So there's safety there. There are sort of these core competencies that we follow. And I was doing that. I was following my training and I was working with couples. And what I found is that we would go round and round in circles, especially when it came to sex. And that is because folks are not coming with a blank slate. Folks are coming with education already done by culture. So the cultural conditioning and messaging has already made a very firmly rooted um sort of grounding in people and men and women alike. And as a coach, I wasn't able to sort of teach something new. I wasn't able to offer a different perspective. I wasn't able to um, create some simple practical steps forward. So that's, that's that's when I shifted into giving advice, into offering guidance into showing a a framework. So for example, in Wanting It More, we have six paths that we walk through. And uh, actually, let me just tell you them right now. So the first path is cultivate compassion, where we looked at cultural messages. The second path is establish safety, where we look at boundaries and consent. Uh, The third path is trust your intuition, as I've been talking about here a lot. The fourth path is prioritize your pleasure. The fifth path is connect with your body. And then the sixth path is explore an intimate connection. And these are paths that I honestly truly believe with so much experience not only per, you know personal but professional that these really are basics and i refine this over time i've done revisions i collect feedback i listen deeply and these remain the core of my work. And so I think, you know, advice is important because you may have just just made a new perspective, new awareness, new possibilities. You may be interested to know that you're not alone that what your experiences is actually very common uh, thing that that women go through or men go through. Its Advice is also a really good launching place. It's a place to get started. And then you go to your intuition. So again, you're asking yourself, how does it feel when I read this? Do I get that feeling of relief and hope and comfort and validation? Or does it feel shamey or icky or too much? Or there's just something wrong here. I may not be able to put my finger on it or have a counter argument or something to... Uh, go against it. But I know that something is wrong here. So for example, when I read the book by Emily Nagoski called Come As You Are, and this remains my most highly recommended book, if you want a starting place before I write my book, (laughs) first come to my free class, and then, you know, pick up her book. And there's there's been a revision since I read it years and years ago, uh, which I haven't read yet. So, you know, maybe things have changed, which is really great. There isn't really anything super harmful in that book. Um, definitely lots of really great stuff. I did, diligently did all the exercise and I learned about one of the most, um, I think, helpful um uh, pieces of her book which are is the accelerator and the brake. So the very very basically the concept is is that we have things in our life that are going to put the brakes on. So for example, kids knocking at the door, the, the brake to my sexual system is going to go on and I may find my body losing arousal, losing enjoyment, I'm, you know, I just may not want to do it anymore when the kids are knocking on the door. And then we also have accelerators, things that may get us turned on, interested, that may be going away to a hotel and not having to-do lists that may um, involve doing yoga beforehand, I don't know, relaxing your body, deep breathing. So there are things that make sense, right? There's things like stop your arousal and desire and interest and enjoyment and things that uh, start start it up. And um, so I did all that. I did the worksheets i I did all the investigation, what things could be my breaks, what things. And then it all made sense, but i it didn't really change anything in my life i, I But then I continued to think, well, I've got all this information, and i'm not it's not really doing anything. There must be something wrong. There must be something wrong. Um, and also you know it did it did help me also that i wasn't broken i mean i think that book really helped me that i wasn't broken so it gave me a couple of really great starting places to go from Um, and the accelerators and brakes, what I eventually discovered and what I teach now is very common brakes, very common accelerators. And that's what I have built into my framework. So while I don't teach it like she does, I am very aware. And of course, as I've mentioned today, and if you've followed me for any time, you know that safety having a safe space with boundaries and consent and knowledge about yourself is critical when you have safety you know safety could be seen as a break something you know lack of safety but then that feeling of safety i see it more as an accelerator something that will allow you the space to explore and be curious and and all that wonderful stuff so you know, another, just before I wrap here, another thing to consider is that some advice or opportunities just aren't the right time. I went to my doctor. I learned that testosterone, if I figured this out, then I'm going to, you know, I probably have loads of testosterone and I'm just going to take some supplements and I will be ready to go in the bed, you know, um, but everything turned out fine and I went for a follow-up and my doctor at the time recommended me go to a program that was happening at the University of British Columbia, where I lived. And she'd given me a referral. I'd even gotten a phone call. But I just I just wasn't ready at that time. I had little kids. I, I really hadn't learned how to prioritize myself. I didn't have the ability to create boundaries and make requests to my husband. So uh, I was just spending so much time with my little ones and I just didn't know how to like ask to get the car to get, I just, I couldn't figure it out in my brain how this was going to work. And I let that experience go. I, you know, I regret that one because I later was reading a book uh, by Lori Brotto called Better Sex Through Mindfulness. It's a book I recommend as well. And I was flipping through it after I developed wanting it more years later. And I realized, oh my gosh, um, this is the study that I, or the research, I don't know if it was a study, but they were definitely going to help groups of women through this process using mindfulness to improve desire and you know and sex uh, enjoyment of sex and that was that study and as i was flipping through the book i mean so much of what i eventually learned discovered and teach is so in alignment with the research findings and the, what they were doing with women um in those uh, in those groups but, you know, it, maybe it just wasn't the right time and, and that's okay. And so I think it's just so important as I wrap up here, just um, don't push yourself. Um, don't push yourself. And I don't push women when a woman says, I can't do something or even I'll try or I'll tolerate or I don't know what's wrong with me. I immediately suggest that she doesn't do the thing just don't do the thing. If a woman comes to me and says, I don't want to touch my husband's penis. I don't want to look at it. It's so gross. I say, don't. Don't do it. There's there's so many other things that you can learn about right now. Just don't. I'll often, I will wrap up here in a second, but I want to tell one more story. Uh, I'll often tell this story to wanting more participants when this comes up. So if you end up uh, in a round, you may hear this story twice. But uh, we moved into an uh, old, um, uh, old, older house that, which had windows that really needed to be replaced. And we couldn't afford to replace them right away. So I did my best to clean them up. There was a lot of sticky stuff. There were those single pane windows with the brown um, you know, frames. And there was some mildew and mold. And so I had to go around 34 windows, I think, in this house and scrape that all off and clean it up. And it was a process. Well, I had done all the windows in the house except for the tiny little one in our ensuite bathroom. And every single day I would sit on the toilet and look directly at that window and berate myself. Why can't I just clean it? It's just gonna take five minutes. I'm, you know, just do it, Jenna. And for months I would do that, brushing my teeth, looking at the window, having a bath, looking at the window, on the toilet, looking at the window. And one day my wise, beautiful self just said, you know what, it's okay, Jenna you don't have to do the window. It's okay. You don't have to do the window. It's no one no one comes in here anyways, just you and your husband and sometimes your children. Um y- you know, like maybe maybe it's not actually going to be critical in your life. Maybe it's okay. What if what if I just experimented with giving myself permission to just never clean that window and I know one day we're going to replace these windows and it's okay and Wouldn't you know, after I finished brushing my teeth, I just found myself opening up the cupboard to the cleaning supplies, which I'd sat, you know, put there for this very moment, climbing into the bathtub, which was under the window and cleaning it. Sometimes we just need some freaking permission to not do the thing. And I know it's a strange thing for me to say about sex because I've dedicated my life to helping couples, you know, have this connection and intimacy in their relationship. But I believe that you don't need to have it. I really do. That You don't need to have sex. I think that there are couples who could have wonderful relationships if both people were okay with it, but this just wasn't a part of their life. And that's okay. It's not a need. It's not like sleep or water. I mean, you're going to die pretty quick if you don't sleep or you don't eat or drink water. But if you don't have sex, you will not die. You won't. And so sometimes I say the really weird thing as a, you know, a marriage coach and sex uh, expert or whatever you want to call me, a desire coach, whatever names work best. And I'll just say, hey, like permission not to do it. That's okay. That's what we're here for, to feel good. If it doesn't feel good, let's not do it and then let's see where it goes and often not that you want to have this in your mind when you start on out on this process but often eventually it'll become like me in the window where you're now doing something not because you have to do it or because you're forced to do it or because of guilt or shame it's because you are curious you're open and you see new ways and new opportunities and new places to explore what was missing for me Uh, In the advice that I got, you know, so what was missing was me trusting my intuition, which I eventually did, which is why we have the framework and wanting it more now. But what was missing for me in the advice I got was definitely discussions about safety and boundaries and consent definitely uh, checking for porn and having honest conversations about that. Um, And porn definitely can affect a woman's desire if her partner is watching it. And I go into, so I have a whole video in in wanting it more about that. Other women to talk to. I didn't have any friends or anybody or any professionals that I was seeking who are willing to say, hey, me too. You're not alone. I really thought I was the only one, which is pretty wild now that I see. uh, No, I'm not. (laughs) Um, You know, just some practical, simple, real life steps. And then, of course, looking at cultural conditioning and how that affected me and my husband and the radical permission to trust myself. Those were really missing in the advice that I was seeking. And it's part of what I teach now. If I've shared, if what I've shared here feels good, if you're feeling some of that relief and hope and relaxation, just like, oh, that feels good, then you may want to continue to learn from me. I may be a safe place for you, like a launching pad, you know, so that you can then trust yourself and customize things and learn and grow. And again, I just want to invite you to that free class, wanting it more 101, increase interest and enjoyment without pressure or guilt. I'm teaching that on this coming Thursday so that is timely. And also then if you want to take the next next step and participate in the next round of Wanting It More, that starts on February 2nd and registration closes on January 31st. It is a beautiful. Uh, program I combine that community support, which is so critical um, my support, coaching, my expertise and my um, my professional background and training. and then of course we have, um the videos of wanting it more, which provides that structure, that simple step by step, that uh, feeling of moving forward through something which can be really satisfying if done in the right way. Okay, so uh, all of those links are in the show notes and I hope to see some of you at the class and certainly, In our next round of Wanting It More, I'll see you in the next episode, which I'll be joined with my husband, John, to talk more about his his journey through all of this. I'll talk to you then. If you've enjoyed this episode, I have a favor to ask of you. It's really hard to get the word out about a podcast about sex. What would really, really help is if you would leave a rating and a review. And I know that you get asked this all the time in different podcasts, but please, I beg you, it would really, really help so that more women who need this message will hear it. All you have to do is go into your Apple podcast app, it's the purple icon. And if you go to the podcast page where it shows my face and has a little button that says latest episodes, if you scroll down past the episodes and you get to a section called ratings and reviews, there's a little purple writing thing. <laughs> it says write a review. If you click on that, it will ask you to give it a five stars actually you can put any stars but five is what i would love and put a title and then write your review thank you so much for supporting this little venture here and i really am so grateful if you are curious about wanting it more and how this program could help you want to enjoy sex more with your husband and you feel like it may be a great next step for you, you can go to jennadentonhousecom slash more to sign up for the waitlist, to learn more, and to see when we're running our next round. All right, that's it. I'll see you next one.